Let's get ready to throw down. What's up, everybody? What is up, everybody? Good Lord. We are back, and we're hopping right back into where we ended last time. Clint was telling a story, very important phone call, and he was trying to be very deliberate is the word I'm going to use in his framing. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, you know, because of some embarrassment that we had and, and um, it kind of threw me out of my normal process, I wanted to get, uh, I felt like I needed to be at this certain professional level um, that is completely head trash in my own mind that I had to get to this, this certain, you know, extra professional level to get these, these answers and take care of these people and figure out what the hell went wrong. And, you know, I, I went down the path of setting up that very textbook, um, that framework, right? That, hey, do you have uh, 30 minutes to talk about this issue that we seem to have between the two of us? And I'd like to, you know, not only for just, you know, my own benefit, but maybe also for yours. And, you know, it just, it got so far outside of my normal speech patterns that it was almost embarrassing, right? And, and I could tell that I, everything that I was saying was just falling on deaf ears. And, uh, and I, I actually just kind of, I had to interrupt myself and just say, Hey, look, um, you know, guys, bottom line is we screwed up. We know we did. We'd like to get to the bottom of this situation and, and look, people screw up all the time and, uh, we own it and we're going to do whatever it takes to get it done. Right. And we'd like to, we'd like to hear your side of it just so we don't, you know, we'd like to see where you stand at it. And for me to back up, right, and, and do that, got, broke that pattern of that textbook thing. So and what we were talking about, the reason I brought that story up is because you can do that in, in storytelling and framework. You can get so textbook that it's so unnatural that it throws everybody off. It throws mm -hmm. the guy sitting across the room from you out of his world. And he's like, what the hell? Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. I got 20 minutes. I don't know. I've never been asked that question before you can do things that throw people off so bad that just ask the freaking question, you know, like if you really need to know and make sure you ask questions that you truly need to know, don't ask questions oh, just sure. to be stupid. Yeah. But, but the textbooks out there guys will, will tell you to do that. Right. Oh, and you, well, but like you get why though. Right. I mean, well, that's they're what trying to, the, sorry, I cut you off. I apologize. You. Yeah. So, there is a reason why that you, they do do that. But most people out there that I'm hearing and seeing, and even, even some salespeople that I've worked with in the past, look at it as law and they follow it to a T and it is absolutely anything but that it is an idea. It is another way to do something. It is yeah. framework for your own self, but, but guys, you can't, you can't follow this stuff to a T. And uh, I think, that's where I kind of, I, I took all the knowledge that I, that I could take from sales training. And I knew that, Hey, I have all the parts and pieces here, right? It's like having 5,000 laws and there's no consequences for any of them. So we want to add 5,001 and 5,002 and 5,003 mm -hmm. guys. You only needed three of the damn things. You just got to follow them and you got to do those things right. And you won't need all these laws and these, these written rules. So, uh, just it's just a caution. It, it it happens to me all the time. I fall into my own trap, and uh, so I just caution you. That's all. Hmm. Well, I I think that it 
you know, in my mind's eye, I compare it to having an outline versus having a script, right? And if, if I know our, you know, I have a roadmap, but then I also have that building that I see and then, you know, so how am I going to get there? Am I going to put my nose in the map? Well, it's kind of hard to drive and do that at the same time. That gets a little, you know, hard to do. Whereas if I look down and I see the pathway to get to the point that I need to be like in my phone, Nan and I go round and round about this, right? I want to see the, where the blue line goes, right? <laughs> and then I know the lay of the land at that point, right? It's given me the best route. Now I'm looking for the on-ramp that I'm used to, but there may be a truck, semi-truck turned over like there was the other day. And then I got to decide, well, should I exit? Yeah. So again, it's this constant, I go as far as I can see, and then I see how to go further. So if it's a conversation with John, it's listening to John's feedback. It's doing my antics or whatever comes natural to me. But along the way, I know what the goal, where the goalpost is. Right. So yeah, why do I have sure. to be so worried about every hashtag line that comes past me as I'm running towards the end zone? That's not what exactly. I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on not getting tackled between here and the end zone. So yeah. what are you looking at? Right. Are you looking at your feet? Or are you looking at the horizon? Right. My feet are going to do what they naturally need to do to get to the goal. Mm-hmm. Why not approach it from that aspect? I mean, that's just me, right? I'm not yeah. suggesting that it works for everybody. Oh, so, hey, yeah. Clint, watch your, uh, watch your mic. It keeps, like, I think, hitting your jacket. And there's a lot of side. Yeah, that noise right there. There you go. Um, no, it's dragging on his puka beads that are hanging around his neck. <laughs> he got a little beating it look going on there. That's what I'm talking about. Um, so, so here's the thing, guys. Like, like I thought I wasn't doing those things. Like, I thought that I was being in the moment and not using these, or, or not like kind of like hiding behind these techniques and uh, just checking the boxes. Like, I really thought that I, that I was doing it the right way. And then you hit this other level of, of, you know, cognition or reps or awareness or whatever. And then it's like, Oh, I was still using these things as techniques as opposed to really just trying to be like on the level with the prospect of like, Hey, what are you really trying to do here? Right. And so, you know, I think you just get to that point, right. Of, Oh, I can do these things without thinking about them, but that only happens when you're put into those situations. And I wasn't allowing myself to put myself into those spots. If that makes sense. But do you, are you allowing yourself now to be put in those spots? No. Yeah. And you know, it's significantly changing, right? Because, you know, it's weird uh, because we know this to be true. Like, like I'm more confident of just being like, okay, cool. Like you don't need this, like based on like a really quick conversation and then moving through and you know, the, it's the, it's the outside examples, which are more interesting, right? Like in my, in my, interactions with like friends and stuff like that. Let, let me stop you though. You said something interesting there. You said that you, you're telling them that they don't need what you have, but are you, how can you be absolutely sure without asking the question of, Hey John, sounds like this may not be a fit or I'm getting the sense that maybe this isn't what you need, but that doesn't mean they don't still have a problem. Right. Sure. That you yeah. need to do. Yeah. Right. So don't give up on the fact that, you know, that path well, or where you were going. Well, the way that the way that we've been approaching it is like, is like, Hey, look, right. I know some stuff about marketing, but I'm mostly a sales guy. So if you'd like to kind of talk about what's going on in your business, I can either let you know it's a marketing problem or it's, or it's a sales problem. 
So who wants to hop on and have one of those calls, right? And I get nice interaction off of those. And so when we get in there, it's very purposely looking for either like a sales issue or like a marketing issue, depending upon how they choose to want to fix that problem. And I can't help with the marketing. So there's no pressure on them to like dodge me or, or be like not honest with me because it's not like I'm trying to catch all. And so that way I can be like, oh, I can fix that problem. It's, it's like, let's figure out for you how you really want to build your business because you can be sales heavy, right? Which is good for some people. And then some people want to be marketing heavy and there's pluses and minuses of that. And so when I'm, when I'm on my calls, we're purposefully looking for like where the problem is. And, and I'm doing all like the probing and questioning and discovery that, you know, you have to do to have really good conversations. And they're leading me to that path. Well, now I feel really confident when I'm on the phone. Okay, well, how do you know? Well, because of this and this and this and this and this. Okay, do you want to keep having those calls? Yeah. Okay, awesome. So, where, so what's the real problem? Well, I need more people calling me. Okay, that's a marketing problem. You know? Okay. <laughs> Al, Al's rolling his eyes and Clint looks like he wants to, to argue with me. No, no. Well, well, you just told exactly. I think you're you're jumping to conclusions here. I'm I'm digesting what you just said, mm -hmm. and you know it it makes sense. I know you, you know well, right? Yeah. And I and I and and Nan brought up the different dynamic re referencing you and your daughter and the the we've seen you in action at dinner and the way you, you know, work through situations, which is, I guess, a good indicator of how in tuned you can be with somebody who is, you know, connected to you, but has their own agenda or you have to incorporate that agenda to get to get to the goal line. Like we spoke about. So I, I, I guess I question what prevents you from being your best self in these sales encounters. And if you think you are your best self, you know, fair enough, right? Yeah, I think, I think for a very long time, I was trying to be some other version of this. But like, I really feel like, because I think that you said it right there, right? When, when I have to figure out a problem is, is arguably when I'm at my best thought processes, right? So as opposed to coming in and seeing if there's something that I can sell to you, right? Or if there's a reason for us to work together, which kind of feels like we're pitted against each other, like depending upon your point of view, it's like, hey, let me find out with you if you have a sales problem or a marketing problem. Now I got to ask you some really hard questions to do that. And I can't help you with the marketing thing. I might can, can make some introductions, but if it's a sales problem, we can talk about it and see if I can help you out. Right. And I feel really authentic having that conversation because I'm helping them yeah. like get clarity about something in their business. And, mm -hmm. and that, that allows me to kind of play this role that I, that, that I feel strong at, which is, you know, the guy with the answers. Right. And I can be open and honest because I've, because I've already framed the outcome. There's only two options, right? You either have a marketing problem or you have a sales problem. And so the minute, where they can give me the no honestly and cleanly whenever we come to the mutual decision that it's a marketing problem, right? Because essentially I'm doing the same thing as like what we're classically taught, you know, in the book, hey, like at the, at the end of the conversation, we'll leave it at a yes or a no, does that sound fair? So I'm just kind of like modifying the frame around, look, people come talk to me for, for two things. And of the two things, the other big thing, whenever they don't need one of my two things, is that it's a marketing issue. So I'm really good at spotting where the marketing issues are, and if you have one or not, would you like to have a conversation? And it's 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 already framed in a way that there's either yes, and we're going to we're going to keep talking because it's a sales problem, or you have a marketing issue, and I can't help you with that. 
And I'm just now seeing Hmm. that for, for the frame that it like really, really is whenever I kind of like do it from like a, from like a a framing perspective, right? Binary decision at the end of this thing. Yes or no. Right. Well, no. no, And I like the fact, I like the fact that you're getting down to a binary decision, right? Mm -hmm. Which is ultimately where I think we all need to take our sales conversations. It's yes or no. And from there we, what's this process of working together and, you know, making this into uh, you pay me or, and I provide a service or, you know, a symbiotic relationship where you build the project or Nan gets the neurosurgeon to, you know, say, Hey, I'd love you guys to handle this particular product in our office going forward. Mm-hmm. But you know, how you get there needs to have a whole lot of the real you in that For equation. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And because, doing, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was done. Well, I, I was going to say that like trying to do it all the other ways that I've done it. Right. I've always had a little bit of that kind of like, uh, you know, the guy riding on the shoulder trying to drive, you know, the machine, you know, as opposed to just being like effortlessly in it. And part of that is my seeness of needing to turn it into a process so that way I can check the boxes. But part of it is also just, I'm not wired for people. Right. And you know, the, the more time that I like spend like kind of doing this work and the journaling and the reading and stuff like this, it's like, Oh, like, like this is just such a blind spot. I can tell myself that I can go be people centric, but compared to like Al who does it effortlessly, like there's a, there's a level that I don't think is ever going to be there for me, which is not inherently a bad thing. Because when but, I can turn but, it into a game, I can then win at it. But John, I've been in social situations where where you're you know you're bringing this guy, this guy, this, this introduction, that introduction. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it 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 is really good, right? Yeah, it's all so calculated though. <laughs> is it absolutely, man? Absolutely. Well, then I need. I think you need to get up drinking every day, right, and just let the day flow. <laughs> because I mean, because okay, so. Al is speaking very specifically to uh, to a couple of events that we have put on as part of this nonprofit group and this uh, and this networking board, right? And so Al came to the first one and he sponsored a bay. So what happens after that is cool. I want Al to come back next year, right? Because we always struggle filling these bays. So let me make sure that I can like hit a home run for Al. You know, let me go find some people for him to talk to, and that gives me a mission, right? And socially, when I have a mission, I'm good, right? That's the, that's the nugget. Okay. So, right. So well, how can that not be every day that you wake up, you have this mission to be socially engaging with mm-hmm. your prospects and people who have problems that you can solve. That's so that, that would make me, there would be nothing that makes me happier than to wake up and solve everybody's problem for yeah. a profit, for a profit all day long. Well, that's why, that's why I'm currently building this thing that I'm building, right? Is because like, I just want people to practice, right? And so, uh, you know, from the martial arts thing, from, from training, Clint, you know, this and the net has heard so much of it. It's just like overflow is like, if, if you're constantly going through it and you're intentful about it, you're going to get really, really good at it. So I know this to be true. So I'm giving like these kind of blocks of like office hours, right? So you can have this kind of sales manager person in your pocket, right? So you can come in there, you can we'll role play something we'll strategize about something or anything else like this. In addition to that, you get free role play groups. Right. And so I'm giving the, these people the thing that they want, right. Someone that they can come ask questions to and I'm giving them the thing that I know that they need. And then it's just a matter of time until the trust sinks in. Dude, I got it for you. Leather. 
leather. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, you said role playing and oh, this. And I'm on. like yeah. leather, man. You show up wearing like one of those chaps and like a, a vest, yeah. nothing underneath it, dude. I think you got a win. That's a winner. That's a winner. The the little necklace that just says like you know something. Something aggressive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> something aggressive. <laughs> It says Clint. <laughs> you're, you're wearing a choker that says Clint, right? <laughs> it's like it's got a leather strap on the back and you tie it. Oh, yeah. shit. And then, yeah, just make I, sure the I, handle is, you know. <laughs> I will say that if, that if I was going to wear another man's name on my neck, it would be his because I respect the hell out of the guy. Whoa. If, Clint. If. Clint just stood. Clint just did this. Mm, oh, yeah. Yeah. Clint just got uncomfortable. <laughs> no, I think he got real comfortable. I think he like bowed up, man. He was like the rooster showing up. I mean, who else would you put on your neck? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see Nan, Nan's on the home stopping network looking for a Clint necklace right now. Right? She's like, oh, she's, that makes she's, sense. She's got it on her lower back. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Wow. Do tell. I love that one. Oh, all right. All right. Let's get back to stories and uh, and stories and selling and my, my own unique weirdness as I'm finding out new stuff. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I'm not wired to want to go find that person on an ongoing thing just mentally, right? Like, so what I'm doing is, is in my framing around these calls is like, Hey, let me help you find the answer. Right. And what that does is it allows me to come out and be the guy who wants to give them the answer anyway, without mm-hmm. any threat to like, Hey, does this then, then lead to like money and revenue? So, uh, yeah, I've been positioning it of like, look, you've got a sales problem or a marketing problem. That's the majority of problems in small business. I can help you figure out what it is. And if it's a sales thing, I can probably help. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I mean, and I, and I think that, you know, if we keep our processes or our conversations, you know, simpler, right. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if something's got to get complicated, let it, the complication come from the prospect, not from you. That's right? right. I will say the other day I hopped on a call and I was doing my framing and totally skipped the whole time element. And before we got done, she was like, oh, dang, I've got another appointment. And I was like, should have should have framed around time. Should have got that commitment. Right. Well, I, and here's, here's something. I, I don't know if Nan and I, we got into discussion or it, I was, I, I've started doing some journaling. So some of this just comes out of the fact I was writing on a piece of paper. Yeah. Um, I think trust and forgiveness are two key components and what I mean by that, you got to trust yourself and you got to be forgiving of your own mistakes. Once you've run them through the process of analysis of where did I go wrong? What could I have done better? Move on, right? You did, you know. Well, yeah, but the way that you move on is you improve the next rep, right? I mean, and, or, and or that's you don't. And you do the next rep until you do get the improvement you're looking well, for. Exactly, right? And so my, my whole weirdo mission right is to be as optimally configured as possible right and so what what happens is i didn't frame around time and and so i didn't manage the time very very well because i thought that we had 45 and she had to go with 30 and so like i was just kind of like hitting the stride of you know the role play uh no leather and and she's like oh damn i gotta go 
And I'm like, ah, shit, like I didn't get to finish the role play. So we didn't get to have the conversation about what I do. And now it's back to, hey, well, why don't you just send some stuff over? That's the issue, right? You lose the how, how much did How much does it that went there either way? Wow, oh, come on. Oh, come on, Clint. Really? It, w- it would have went there either way. They, were, they weren't interested at the end of it. They, I mean, that, that's – to me, I, it happens to me all the time. It's like people will agree with you because they're S's and they're I's, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they really want to help you. Uh, there's a, a lot of population out there that are more so than the latter. Mm-hmm. right that want to be a part of you and want to help you out and they will agree and it's just it's 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 horseshit at the end of the day right so hey do you have an hour to this phone call and if we get to the end will you make an agreement and they're gonna say yes because they're afraid they're scared to death to say no well as a course. buyer okay. even though well hold on though right because we we spend a lot of time talking about being authentic right so of course none of this stuff works if you're just using it as like a tactic or like a or like a gimmick or something like that i mean you have to have the best intentions that you can no, but clint's talking about the prospect right you know yes. that it was horseshit yeah. on their side that they you know that they bailed and that they couldn't rearrange their schedule or mm-hmm. push something meaning if somebody's putting an abrupt stop usually they're usually telling you ahead of time and not surprising you with it. So I think the reality of what Clint's trying to get to is this just might've been a blown call to begin with. Sure. You know, okay. Okay. So so let me back up. I can agree that that she probably was not going to buy, right? Like I, I, I can admit that, but let's also agree that I'm not in the best position possible to get the full no at the end of this thing, because I we think you that. got the no, dude. You got the no, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it wasn't N-O, but it's yeah. not a very big word. So no, that's true. You, I that's think fair. you got both letters because, on, on that. Because here's the deal. if Let's just say that was an hour ago or a week ago. Has she reached back out? And if the answer is no, that's your answer. If she was truly interested and truly needed it, she'd already reached back out. I would if I needed something. Hey, man, haven't heard back, back from you. What's going on? Can we, can we finish that phone call? And, and if happens. you didn't do in 30 minutes what you were trying to do in 45 or an hour, because, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, it's not like you had a three-second conversation. Like, hey, it's not a good time oh, yeah, to take no. this call. But you went down that pathway far enough, and, I mean, and we've all faced it. We've gotten the nose before. Yeah. And, you know, you probably need to be thankful that you didn't have to waste another 30 minutes of your time. <laughs> that, you know, she did it for you, right? checked you know. out of the situation so yeah you should be a thank you wow man i got 30 minutes of my day that i didn't waste on your ass yeah okay. sometimes too but hold on though hold on she choked right because this is important at the end of it she goes she goes i want to continue the conversation right of course she's which that. of course she does right and so then you know the 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 critical side of me is like is like oh yeah sure you do right but then the other side of me is like well Maybe, maybe she does, right? And so how do you assess that out other than front loading the conversation with like, hey, at the end of this thing, can we figure out if this is really worth talking about? Because it might not be. And you might, and you might end this call telling me you wanna continue when you really don't. Can we just be honest with each other? Could you have said that at the, when, immediately after she made that statement that she needed to? I didn't get time. Did not get time. 
So. Well, okay. So, no, Nan and I face this. You know, Nan can speak to this. She probably is so much better at this than I am. You know, you present lunch for an office. You're going to do some business. You're going to talk to the doctor. Well, you're waiting for them to finish up patients, and, you know, you're trying to time everything. And, I mean, you are. It, well, and you've been there, John. You know, it's mm -hmm. this whole timing thing. And that doctor comes in, gets a plate of food. You're seeing him over there at the buffet line, spreads out. Man, he's getting towards the end. You're trying to figure your approach. And he walks out another door, and you never fucking see him again, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Now, Nan gets up and follows him and finds him in his office and says, oh, hey, yeah, we came by. Me, yeah. I'm so fuming mad at that point. It's so done, man. He's just blown me out of the water. No, I'm glad Al said that because as you were telling your story, John, I was thinking of someone that approached me today trying to sell me something, and I cut them off before they went any further pretty quickly, and I said, you know, I really appreciate that your efforts in trying to talk to me about this product, but I, and I, and I told them, you know, one second little spiel of it's not going to happen, and before I could even say thank you again and goodbye, they slammed the phone down, okay? So I was like, I don't care if you call me, you've burned a bridge. So what Al said, I don't care what goes on. If someone cancels on you, says no to you, whatever, leave good terms because <laughs> you could be burning a bridge that you could potentially need to cross another time in the future. So be really careful with that, Al. You Burning bridges is like... I didn't say that I did anything. I sat there with a <laughs> smile on my happy ass, you know, going, hey, ladies, eat up, or gentlemen, you know, the decision maker's <laughs> way over there, so we might as well have a party with the food. But that I do think what you said also, John, I, I think it's really, you know, you're, you're not going to blow up on them and go, you got to freaking be kidding me. Like, I've done this. You know, you're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. You're going to say, okay, I understand. Um, you know this. You know this better yeah. than other, the rest of us. You try to engage with them again. When can I call you back? When can I see? But, well, but I have a question. Do you not then do the negative reverse? Hey, a lot of times when people say they have to go, they're really that. trying to be polite. Yeah. They really have just have having a hard time. time. Okay. Well, you, how could you not if you saw it coming? Wouldn't no, I didn't I, see it coming. She goes, she goes, hey, real quick, John, I forgot to tell you, right? I've got another meeting and I got to go right now. And I was well, like, John, I, I appreciate you telling me that, and I know you got to go. But usually, you know, when I hear fair, that, right? it's it a polite. Way. Yeah, all you got to do is immediately go to the the the, the test of. Are they blowing me off and will they own it? And if mm -hmm. they do, then we probably got to, I feel better about that, right? Yeah, that's fair. You know? I mean, and, you know, to be sure, I had that moment of being uh, blindsided by, like, being irritated that I didn't qualify around time earlier. So, okay, so, but that was your issue, not hers, right? No, for sure. So if no, she absolutely. brings it to you, your issue probably got in your way. Oh, shit, time, instead of. Hey, John, oh, a yeah. lot of times, I appreciate you telling me, but a lot of times when people say that, they're just being polite and it's a no. Mm -hmm. Is that where we're going with this? And if you said back to me, no, 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 I really want to hear more about that. All right, before you go, what time do we meet again? Basically, you're, to ask, you're telling a story by asking, and in that story, you're asking a question. 
No, yeah, yeah, but you're sure. you're also getting, uh, and if they won't make that commitment, then 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 they need to own the. You know, yeah. Now that you say that, it probably isn't something that I wanted you know proceed with. Thanks, John. I do appreciate that kind of honesty. I hope that our paths cross again. And if there's anything I can ever do for you, please don't hesitate. You got my number. Give me a shout out. Yeah. Right. Clint. Have you ever noticed how people, you assume what someone's thinking. Oh and yeah. You talk to them, you, you engage further, you go, they're like, what? I didn't even think that. So you, you know, you do have to be careful with assuming, you know, what someone is doing, well, thinking. Sorry, Dan. Sorry, I cut you off. You know, the, the way that I've been handling that is like I let them kind of off the call and then we follow up in DMs because that's where it started anyway, right? And I've, that's where I'm getting some of the really good, like, like, hey, you know, you said this, but, you know, I hear that a lot. Is this really something that you're working on right now? Well, no, not actually. Okay, then you said you wanted to chat again. Do you still? Well, yeah. What do you want to talk about? So it's still, you know, it's, it's a work in progress because, you know, you lose the immediacy of the emotion when there's text involved, right? On both sides, right? So, the, so you can't control the text. Uh, you, you can't control how they read it, right? Or, you know, the tone and the inflection. Um, but also you, you lose the immediacy of it because they can read it and respond to it later on. Yeah, I mean, I see the value of, of you know, communicating and, and opening up conversations the way you're doing it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've been kind of following along with some of the progression that you've had going on with, you know, social media and, and yeah. you know, and because and, and, you've seen a few of my comments. I mean, they're usually quirky, you know, but they're <laughs> meant to be that way, right? Yeah, and I appreciate um, it. So, you know, I, I, I find the value. I mean, I see where, you know, that little bit of texting, that a little bit of involvement to kind of open up the situation for getting into a conversation a little bit quicker, mm -hmm. you know, having, you know, you've already got some information, you know, gleaned from that. And, but now you're getting to, you know, being able to feel the emotion or the impact in their voice to the things that you say. Yeah. And, and hopefully working down to what's the problem and what, you know, is this a fit for a fix, right? Yeah, my KPI yeah. right now is, is trying to have five decision maker chats a week, right? And I'm calling a chat a Zoom chat. Um, and so mm -hmm. what that means is that I'm trying to have five decision maker conversations a day because one of those, you know, because like what happens is it kind of like starts and stops and fits, right? Because people get busy and everybody's too connected to, to everything. So part of this is just trying to adjust to kind of having like 24 or not really 24 hour, but what seems like 24 hour availability to people, right? Because everyone's so connected to their phones. So, uh, so throughout the, so throughout the day, I'm trying to have five chats with like, Oh, Hey, cool. You know, I'd like to hear more about that and tell you what I do. Can we hop on a call? Right. With a goal being a five decision maker conversations like zoom chats per week. Cause that gets me to the revenue goals that I have on a, on the trajectory I'm currently at. So, so help me understand what kind of businesses or people, I mean, are you looking for C-level suites? Are you looking for top sales executives, sales managers? I mean, define who your general audience is. The people that I'm going after are very, very small agencies. Um, so, so marketing agencies. What, right what's there. an agent? What's an agency? What are you referring to when you say uh, that? 
so really it's gotten, this term's gotten a little muddy, right? But, but essentially freelancers, right? Who have figured out the digital marketing thing. So that way they can do whatever they do for clients, whether it's copywriting or, you know, uh, video creation, you know, there's so many silos in the digital like marketing realm. Um, and so all these people are really good at what they do, but none of them want to sell. So I work with them to help them build out a process that makes sense for them. And then we, we, we have them do it until it's repeatable. And then I go find someone to do it for them because we, we've got the repeatability in the process. So that's kind of my so, main target. So right you, now. if I heard you correctly, then you go out, you, you speak to these people in the, you know, the marketing, digital marketing, you know, mm -hmm. you know, areas, and then you help them build a sales process so that they can then go hire and train people to sell for them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or, Just connect. Yeah. Or you can hire me to do it for you. Right. So, oh, okay. there, yeah. So there's like the initial kind of like, like sales blueprint with the tech and the process and everything else like this. And then I make them do it until, until the numbers are dialed in. So that way they can like actually be like, no, I've done this this way with these mm -hmm. numbers. I know that this works. Let's figure out the soft spots and coach up from there. Um, and so they've got that, that credibility. And then, you know, I help along the way about like, okay, what are you struggling with? Where's the process breaking down? All those things. And who are these people generally, who are their clients? Um, I mean, small, small business owners, right? You know, they're, they're typically, you know, uh, you know, I've got clients that do like $500 a month social media packages. And then I've got clients that do, you know, $9,000 marketing retainers and paid ads and, you know, branding initiatives and all of, like, like, like the whole gambit. So. And what do you find is their biggest, I mean, is it, is there one general theme to the problems they're having in the, in the sales arena? Well, yeah, you know, there's this constant pressure of, do I, do I work for, for the clients and take care of them? Or do I go sell and prospect because, you know, these people live in this kind of boom bust situation, right? Uh, there's a lot of work. So too much work for you to prospect and sell. And so then you, your work dries up and then it's, Oh damn, I got to go prospect and sell. But, you know, so they're, they're constantly fluctuating between these two extremes. And so what I'm saying is, cool, let's build you out a process so that way we stabilize that for yourself first, right? So the, um, also showing them that, you know, they can do both things well when there is structure and process in place. And then, cool, now we can find someone else. And as long as they're hitting these, these activity accounts and KPIs and things like this, they're going to they're gonna continue with the same trajectory. So I'm giving these people a way to manage salespeople forever as long as they continue down that path or i will help you work with them to make sure that they're performing at the levels that you were able to perform at so then you sort of step in as a sales manager to another crew that they bring on board once the process has been put in place can be right mm -hmm. um so so it's kind of modular i don't have to but but if you want me to because some of these people don't want to manage people's numbers right that's totally fine i'm really good at that let me do it you know and so we have that conversation at the end once we have found, you know, uh, you know, if we just do the blueprint, then it's a pretty quick turnaround because we just document everything. We build out the CRM. We we figure out everything that needs to hook up and, and Bob's your uncle. Um, but if you want me to go find you a closer, then we build you an ad. We figure out the commission structure. We do all these things. And that way, when I go out to the closer communities that I'm part of and familiar with, I can put together an ad, bring some people in. We do assessments on them. And then I make a recommendation about who you should hire and stuff like that. Cool. Uh, yeah.
deeper understanding of what you're doing these days. Cause I know, yeah. Um, we're all kind of making these sort of adjustments to, For sure. yeah. who, who, you know, with the, the, the new normal and who are clients and, you know, and you know, I've, I've shifted gears in on my side of the fence and mm -hmm. I'm sure Clint and I know Nan, I mean, you know, we're, we're in constant discussions about, you know, how, how, what our next step is and where we're going. So, I mean, I still do all the other same stuff, right? I mean, if you have CRM questions, I'll just come in and I'll, and you can pay me hourly and I will figure out your CRM questions or the right points to track or, you know, all of that stuff as well. But what I'm finding is that like this helps two communities that I'm really like passionate about because I, I love the small business community, right? And if you can figure out the digital marketing thing, um, then, you know, from like a lead gen side, then it's just, it's just printing cookies, right? Or, you know, insert your favorite metaphor there. But mm. once you can get it to that point with the digital marketing, then let's figure out the number on the sales side and then let's just get someone in there to do it as well as you can because that, that should be the thing, right? Um, and that helps all these salespeople I know who have been laid off and don't really know what to want to go do and, you know, it's kind of hard to sell cars or real estate, you know, for some people, depending upon how seriously you take this and what the market looks like. So there's a lot of people who are moving over to being home-based closers and home-based salespeople. So I get to help these two communities at once. One of the things I'm doing this quarter is building like a, a course that shows you how to do all of this stuff, right? From like the business structure and the tax into like how to go out and find like good people to work for how to sell well, here are the things to be looking for, and here's how to build a process and everything else like that. So that way I can help other people make that transition. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. Good stuff. Good Thank you. Stuff. I'm excited about yeah. it. I, you know, the, I feel like every time we chat offline, you know, like, like I'm kind of like in a, in a rapid burst of like, cool, I gotta go. I gotta go. Because it's like, you know, I'm working a lot, but it's stuff that I'm really passionate about. It's not just like, you know, all drudgery and, you know, dismay over here. So it's pretty, it's pretty are awesome. you, are you seeing another question, not to interrupt, are you seeing uh, a reasonable level of monetization of this? I mean, you know, are you, are you, are you seeing a clear path to what the value is and what the cost should be to the, to the consumer? Well, the, the thing about it is, is nobody wants to be a salesperson, right? Like, like I spend a lot of time thinking about this, but a lot of these people just just really want to do the things that they're really good at, right? And, and on a certain level, I get that, right? I mean, it, it's really easy for me to like swing to that side of it because I, I am a C. I'm not wired to go out and find people to talk to. So the um, so these people are a lot like me. They're really good at what they do and they just want to do what they do. Okay, awesome. I'm asking you to do this for a little bit so that way we can figure out kind of like how to like actually get your business to where you want it to go. And then I will get someone else to do it for you. And people love this idea, right? And then, <clears throat> and then we we talk about how they're going to get their lead gen in place, and you know that's why I know so many marketers because it's like, cool. How do you want to build your business? Well, this way. Okay, awesome. This is the guy to go talk to for that, and then you can come talk to me. But you need love strong, yeah. strong. You, you got to have strong lead gen in place if you're ever going to replace yourself because no one is going to go hunt and kill as as hungrily as you are unless you Agreed. give them a, a big enough slice of this thing. And most of these people who are closers and working from home are 1099, right? So mm -hmm. that's why I want to cover the tax stuff and the business formation stuff with them because also it leads, it lends itself some legitimacy to this like skill that we all see a ton of value in that a lot of people treat as like a second class skill, right? Oh, well, you're in sales because you couldn't find a good job. It's like, no, I'm in sales because I enjoy it, you know, mm -hmm. but a lot of people don't, don't view it that way. So 
man, I feel like I, I feel like I have uh, monopolized the, the entire length of this episode, and I'm wildly uncomfortable about it. Clint, Clint is, Clint <laughs> are, is just are drinking you speaking beer. to Clint. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Clint is just down there drinking. I think non-alcoholic beer still. Yep. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this, buddy? On what? <laughs> the the stuff I'm talking about. The the people don't want to be salespeople, and I'm trying to help them out of that. Stay out of it. Okay, I have a I have a question for Clint because you're you know the big roop de doo VP of sales <laughs> and you know the the corporate icon of of the group. You know <laughs> your your sales staff. How many you know how many how big traditionally is it in a in a I know you, you work for a big company and it's got segments in different areas. I mean, t- talk a little bit about your salespeople and, you know, how it works in your industry when you start talking about sales and the people who do it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're in the industry. There's so many different levels of what people can and can't do. You can have one guy that, you know, success to him is $5 million a year. And then you get, another guy that might be a hundred million dollars a year. So it's really capacity of the person. And then you got to figure that into your equation of how you, how do you, uh, how do you reward the guy that does a hundred equally to the guy that does the five? So there's a little bit of a math problem there of, you know, you know, just, just capacity. And, you know, even, even at the project manager level in construction, you got guys that, um, that can run a $2,000 job really well, but then they're, but they can't run a 20 million. And you get guys that can run billion dollar projects, but can't run a $2,000 project. So there it's spread around the, everywhere, but I will say the average is probably you're looking for most people in, in construction to do like 10 million a year in sales, you know? So if you're a $30 million company, you'd want to do probably have two guys and, and hope that six to seven of that business is coming in naturally just because you have a brick and mortar. Okay, then my question is the sales component versus the the guy who's doing the work. Does your sales guy overlap into the production side or does he step away and it becomes a whole other group and another issue? Or does he stand by the project through the end of the construction as part of the solution on, you know, issues that may come up? I mean, what's his involvement after the signing of the contract? I mean, I, it, it's, it's all over the board doc, because I I've worked, I've performed both in both scenarios. I've worked in companies that expect the opposites in the spectrum where you, you literally go find it, you, you hunt it, you skin it, you kill it, you eat it, all that good stuff. And then you're there to clean up the dishes afterwards as well. And then there's some that just, I need you to go out and find prospects to bring back to the door. We'll handle it from there. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm a, uh, the way we operate it, at least at my company is, is, uh, is kind of a right in the, in, in between that is I need you to go out and find the right prospects. I need you to find the right projects for us to bid that fit our group, you know, not, not wish list stuff, right? This is, let's get our base of business with the core group of customers that we want doing, doing stuff in the right industry that we want. And once we have that fulfilled, then, then you go searching right for, for vertical market growth. Um, question. So when you say you go find that, who determines what that right candidate or what that right project looks like? Is that your job or yeah, is that, that a, a group of people to decide here's what the sales guys should be looking yeah. for? 
yeah, ultimately, you know, it's, it's, um, if you're in a good company, I think it's a group decision, right? You're all sitting around a round table discussions, figuring out what the hell we're good, that we're good at. We perform at, and, and you're going off past people, past resumes and, um, experience who you got on the team, who's available, like all that stuff plays in. Um, ultimately, um, in my company that falls in my lap right now is to, to figure out the, what that vertical market growth is and, and why we're choosing that. And, and I got to back that data, you know, to say, Hey, I don't know why you're chasing multifamily student housing when all we've ever done is lose money in it. We get a lot of sales, but we lose a lot of revenue, right? And so why are we in that? Should we completely dump it? Well, you can't dump it because you got to have revenue to pay bills. So it's not an on off switch. He might take you a five year plan and you got to start putting that in play. And it's a commitment from everybody involved, yep. right? You, you can't just flip the switch and say, okay, now we're, we're going to do industrial work today. When yesterday you were building houses for a living, right? Because you're starting over, you're a new startup company at that point. So there, there's a ton of strategy involved. And if there's not, you're, you're, you're failing in, in my mind, because I, I think you really got to put some thought into what you're doing. It sounds from what I've heard over the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes, John, you put a lot of thought into why and, and what you're doing with your business. You're trying to find a, a section of a market that maybe doesn't even exist and you're creating it. Right. And that's, that's pretty, that's pretty bold and pretty cool. And um, you know me, I like to be a part of shit like that. So I, I commend you on that. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that, um, just take what everybody said in the past and run with it. I, I, I've worked with salespeople in the past that, Oh, well I, I do this because that guy over there did it before me. It's like, yeah. come on, man, you got to pioneer your way a little bit. Right. Can I, can I, I got another question for you, Clint. Um, have you guys reevaluated the, the market you're in since COVID and some of the changes? I mean, sure. are y'all assessing kind of where you stand in this whole construction arena? And, and if yeah. so, are you, are you guys looking at making any changes to adapt to the new normal? Yeah. So I, I will tell you that I, I pay pretty close attention to um, where, for example, right. We, I live in Houston. Our, our, our market is Houston primarily. Uh, when you see a project come out, that's city of Houston, um, you know, new school building or whatever, the chances of the, the city of Houston or any city for that matter, actually having the available funds to make that a real project in this, in this environment of COVID, they're probably not going to be investing hundreds of millions of dollars into a new project right now. Right. So, so that's something that a year ago would have looked really attractive because we do work with them, but that's not the case today. Right. I, why I'm chasing a pipe dream that might drag me out for two years rebidding and bidding until the funds are there versus looking at a manufacturing plant that is in the exact opposite effect of because of COVID they are producing twice as much product because people are buying more. That's the market I want to be in right now, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's a today fix. And I'm I, all I'm, and I would say this probably for most is I'm trying to keep my head above water and I will do whatever it takes to do that. And if it takes me switching and training and learning and figuring out any way to do that in a different market, damn right. We're going to do it that way. But, but when does, when does the time concept for the projects, because 
Nan and I and other people that I work around, we throw around kind of the same things because we wake up to this new normal every day um, in healthcare. But sometimes, you know, I, I have to also, you know, analyze what's that time look like. And, you know, so, so I mean, sometimes these projects, it takes too long to shift those gears, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, and that's a really good point is when is that going to happen? So for, for example, financially, um, where we used to look at revenue on the year, sales on the year, backlog, all that stuff. We're more focused on the book and burn of today where it's go get me something because I have lights I got to keep on. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's down. Everybody's down. Right. So I got to go find what's going to bring food on and put it on the table today, not in 2021 and 22, like we would have done three or four months ago. That's, that's where I was going with how, how long can you survive a change? Because you know, going into a change, if you can't turn the dollar quick enough to put the money in the bank, yeah, you've shot yourself yeah. in the foot because of the time constraint, right? So, so right now, I, I, I have a, I have a great backlog for 2021. It's, it's a record backlog. It's a backlog that we've never dealt. You know, we, we've been close, but this is something that's truly amazing that we even have the backlog. But that doesn't do jack shit if I can't get there and survive this to do that work in 2021. And how you do know, you know, gotta, how do you know and, and that's, that 2021 that that work's going to be there? Well, you don't. I mean, you have commitments, right? We mm-hmm. we've sold work. We have commitments or 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 let's say we signed a contract, they broke ground, but now they're on hold and now the job's postponed for another seven months. I see that all over all over Texas right now. You see gas stations that, you know, were were dirt pile, you know, in February and then all of a sudden they laid the concrete and now they're just a concrete pad sitting out there with equipment sitting there that's bought and paid for, but you, you don't have the money to invest into the actual project. Cause you, you just, you just can't. So that right. project will probably happen, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. or somebody will come in and buy that person out and finish the project. Cause that's a smart investment for somebody down the road, but that may not happen in this year, 2021. It might happen in 2025. Um, the good news is, is you can kind of put, put your, put it on your bankroll for okay. a little while. Question. And answer. I think I think Al is thinking the same way that I am, and I and I'm curious if this is true. Couldn't it just be said that this historic backlog is just like kind of what's normal for the industry, and the reason why you guys are struggling right now is because they didn't have you on the team and your method of selling. So, so a gap was going to naturally appear, and COVID just made it bigger. Yeah, yeah. We I, I absolutely predicted that with everybody involved on our team is that we were going to have when you when you I I started in October my very first day that I started we had the conversations of everything that's gonna everything that we're struggled through from here till probably June of 2020 this was last year is not going to be because of what we're doing in October to then it's going to be everything that happened in the past six months to a year Right. Yeah. And I can't help you change that. I can only make it better. Right. And, and everything that naturally flows in is, is going to be a bonus. So we set some upfront rules of, you know, with me personally and professionally was I need a year, give me a, I need a solid year before you can make any determination about how we're, we're performing, right. You're going to mm-hmm. see metrics along the way and you're going to see growth. If you're not seeing growth in the first you know, three, four months, it's, it's a probably a pretty good indicator, but it's not, 
it's not a total fact yet, you know? So we, so we absolutely did predict that um, and having, having that downside, but nowhere near to the level of COVID-19 oh, yeah. stopping the market, right. in the economy, we, we mm-hmm. didn't, you couldn't well, have foreseen that, but. You know, the, the thing is, is whenever, whenever we chat about, you know, the role and what's going on and stuff like this, I always get the impression, and maybe this is just me and head trash, that that it's not going very smoothly, that, that you haven't had much success. But like hearing that story that you just talked about, like I think th- I think that your success is abundantly clear, right? Yeah. Well, John, you got to understand that. Well, one, me and my personality, probably mainly just the way that I am geared, I'm never gonna tell you it's it's fucking perfect, dude. I love this. You know, this is just going smooth because yeah. in, in my mind, I'm. If, if everything's going just like we planned it, I'm, I'm making a new plan to make it better. And so therefore I'm, I'm back. I'm always a ground zero. Me personally, me my team yeah. on the other hand, as long as they're killing it right. And they're, they're, they're moving forward with the plan that was in place. Hey, the company is going to survive. I'm only trying to, I'm here to make it better. Right. So I'm, I'm never going to give you a thumbs high and say, yep, okay. we're soaring high. So on that note, guys, we're, we're at 52 minutes. So let's wrap this two episode series up talking about stories let's go around just real quick starting with clint you know talking to d's you know about about using stories you know what what do you got just real quick yeah you know story these are pretty natural storytellers much to the essence the eyes are except for one is about themselves a little more right and and we'll probably get a chuckle there but um you're really good at telling stories about yourself and you got to gear that the other way and you don't have to fake it. I'm not trying to ask you to, you know, sit there and be this fake person that you don't want to be. But when you, when you tell a story, make sure it's, it's something that they're going to be interested on the other side, right? Don't just tell it because you think you're on this pedestal and everybody looks up from the ground level to you. That, I'm, I'm here to tell you that that's not the case, right? You're as equal as anybody on this planet. And, uh, when you tell that story, you need to make sure that their body language is invested. When they ask you a question about it, it's not them trying to be nice. It's truly, it's truly investment. And, and I think you need to tell the stories that also get something in return, a story in return from them, you know, especially if you're talking to an eye and you're digging for information, you're going to tell a story. um, And so that when they tell their story back to you, you're getting information in your sales process. So, you know, just, just warn you, shift it from I and, and shift it to them. Awesome. Al, as an I, you know, Clint kind of hit on a little bit of it that, but I don't go in to a sales conversation or a, a situation looking to tell a story. Cause I know it's going to happen automatically <laughs> just nature, right? So you don't have to force it. So don't even try. But what you have to hold back on is when, like Clint said, they begin to tell you their story. Don't tell them a better one. Go with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got? So the two things that I'm thinking are engagement and listen, you know, so your story should be engaging, but you also need to listen to their response. Listening is huge. That's fair. Um, for me, John? yeah, for me as, as C's like, you know, 
don't don't use them with an agenda like like use them whenever they make sense and and they're and they're authentic right and there's always another level of not using the technique for the sake of it being a technique right like like put that technique down and just use it as effortlessly as possible and try to try to approach it from that angle which is not what we do normally as C's, right? Like we, we love to collect these techniques and you know, all this stuff. So try to put all that stuff down once you have the reps and just make sure that you're being as, as authentic and humanly driven as possible, even though it's annoying and slower than you want to go and all that stuff. So <laughs> I, that's, that's the thing, right? That's the thing. Yeah, that's that's good. That that that's 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 a nugget right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God yeah. damn, this is going slow, right? You well, know? and and that's why I'm I'm working very specifically in this in this industry that I am of this kind of like hybrid of cool. Let's just get people to raise their hands so that way we can, you know, put farmers right into roles and, you know, have them crush, right? It's kind of it's kind of the thing I'm trying to build. Right. And, and from the sales side, I've got it down. I just, I just got to find like the marketing side of it. So that way I don't really want to be the guy who's trying to do both of these things as like a, as like a business on a box deal. Um, but, you know, having partners who are really, really solid marketers at delivering the right kinds of results for their clients. And then I can help them figure out how to have the right kinds of conversations. And then Bob's your uncle. So yeah, it's all about making your mark, I guess. Right. And, and getting in where you fit in. So, yeah, awesome. I like it. Awesome. All right, everybody. So uh, if you've been listening, thank you so much. Uh, this is a little bit longer than the, the episodes we've been doing recently, but it, it felt right to go long. So if you know someone else in sales, please share this with them. If you've not taken the assessment yet and you want to, please reach out to us, disc at salesthrowdown.com. Um, yeah, shoot us an email. We read every one of them. Leave us a review, please, because that's what really kind of makes uh, this whole thing go. So, uh Thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to everybody soon. Thank you.